Hey, Luke, how are you? Hi. Great. Oh, man, I missed you. I, I miss you, too. I miss you, too. It is a little bit weird being in a job where I'm not talking about religion all all day. Yeah. So it kind of throws so this it kind of throws me off a little bit. Not that I don't talk about a religion on my job, I do plenty, but my job isn't necessarily religion. It's you know raising money for a school now. It's, it's a little bit even more so than when you raise money for a religious order. You're around priests a lot. You talk about the church. You know, around people. You know, it's just different. So uh, which is good. I'm, I don't mean that in a bad yeah, way. When it's a Catholic school, you never talk about Jesus. You never no, talk about the church. No. It's all just grades, grades, standardized testing. <laughs> Uh we are we're all part of a machine and that and that machine is called the enlightenment and it has begotten other machines modernity terrible machines postmodernity sexual machines <laughs> <laughs> I mean the iPhones are great what's going to be at this orgy of yours <laughs> machines <gasps> <laughs> uh, it's better than the rest um uh see what I did there <laughs> better than the rest <laughs> thank you head. thank you can i tell you i'm um, driving to work um i think it was wild at heart it's some book like that you know <laughs> be a man christianity stuff that's <laughs> that uh that said if like there's a there's like a african tribe or a, a native american tribe that like if you are if like your life is if 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 things are going wrong over and over again the the three questions they ask is like when did you last dance when did you sit down and listen to the music of the tribe and when did you last like sing or it's something you know like stuff like that live laugh love kind of stuff and uh but like that really i i've noticed in my own life when i never listen to music and i only listen to podcasts and audiobooks i'm either a about to give a a talk on something i feel really insecure about or b I'm running and hiding from that. Like I, I'm, I'm living a joyous life. I see what life. you mean. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's easy to do that with, yeah. with with like a lot of stuff. Whereas there are there are times when I will, when I am like when I realize that I'm listening to just sports podcast after sports podcast after sports podcast. Yeah. When I just think, the yeah. hell am I doing? <laughs> like it's just, you know, like what's the point yeah. of this? After a while, there are there are times when it's you know, especially building up to like a big thing or big or big stuff is going on. I get it, but it's when it's just like, all right, there are other things to be doing here. Yeah, and I get I get lost in that. And I know when I'm lost in it when I'm not really preparing for anything. I'm just like and I'm not even buying like a new audiobook. It's like, oh, I like that book. I'll listen to it again. Yeah. Or, you know, I just there's like a malaise. So today I was like, no, I'm just gonna listen to music. I finally, you know, my new iPhone twelve finally syncs with my stereo and I got a big thumping sound system. So let's crank that subwoofer up to six and listen to Dr. Dre. <laughs> That's the yeah. exact song that I listen to. Uncle Wade met Dr. Dre once. No, guy. Stop it. Stop no. it. Uncle Wade. True, he Uncle did. Wade isn't real. He's a he figment did. of your imagination. He's he met the Beats people. He's too perfect. Is that a thing with Apple or, or oh, I'm something? Sure. I knew you and were going to say they that. Met all, I and I was you like, you met Dre. And I was, I was like, and I asked him, um, what was it like? He was like, it was a business meeting. He was just like a normal human being. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but he's Dr. Dre. Did he look at you and go, yeah. I mean, yeah. did I know your Bob did you bobbing your head. go, uh, I haven't forgotten about you. so this is what i was thinking because i was always thinking of the podcast and i almost pulled out my phone to dictate a note (laughs) so i had to remember this but you just reminded me okay after listening to the 2001 chronic album like the main songs like still uh you know forgot about dre still dre and one other one that i can't think of as i'm listening to that (laughs) i realize Man, that Aftermath album that apparently went nowhere, he has a lot of insecurities about that. <laughs> like, all if you listen to the lyrics, he's like, what, you still think I, I don't got gats? You still think I can't hang? You still think I don't got beats? I got it. I got it, baby. I promise I got it. <laughs> and I then he did, it. and then he never did again. <laughs> but hey to say Dre fell off out. My last album was the chronic. They want to know if he still got it. They say rap's changed. They want to know how I feel about it. 
better listen up closely. All you niggas that said that I turn pop or the fern flop, y'all are the reason that Dre ain't been getting no sleep. So now looking up to me like you want something free. When my last CD was out, you wasn't bumping me. But who you think helped mold them all? Now you wanna run around talking about guns like I ain't got none. What you think I sold them all? Cause I stay well off. Now all I get is hate mail all day saying Dre fell off. What? Cause I've been in the lab with a pin in the pad trying to get this damn label off. I ain't having that. Yeah. Then he made a billion dollars. So he's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, I literally just made $4 billion a good day. Yeah. I gave my name to a thing and I'm now a billionaire. See ya. <laughs> and he was. But yeah, before I mean, he actually was was pretty involved. Um, the first round of beats, it was him and that guy with the funny last name that everyone mispronounces. Um, that that was the CEO. But they they originally bought uh, what? Of beats, of beats before Apple acquired it. Yeah, the first beats mm. were monster. You know, monster the people that make those. Oh yeah, cables yeah. that's right. With gold plating that yeah, no yeah. one should ever buy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he they their first set of head. Oh my gosh, we're doing it again. I'm turning this into an Apple podcast. Anywho, I'm here and I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> but they were just monster headphones with the lowercase B on them, you know, the the logo on it. And then um, they contracted with Monster, and then they broke it in order for Apple, and, and then they started working independently, and then alongside Apple when Apple acquired them. So it's fascinating to, to and they were they're so insanely popular. I don't care for Beats because I think they're too bass heavy. And they're they're built for like rap and rock more than anything yeah. else, and it is it is hard to listen to. Like all the audiophile nerds say this, like it is very difficult to listen to, um, like podcasts and audiobooks, especially if you have a bassy voice. I don't know if you've encountered that a bassy voice narrator, and you're like, oh my yep. gosh, where yep. is the EQ on this sucker? I got to change this. <laughs> Can a Gomer just listen to an, an, a normal voice on a podcast? Nope. Nope, I can't. I'm too broken. No. Um, I have a pair of really great headphones that I l- lost. I can't find them. though. They are... Um, Your Sonys? My Sony ones. I had them when I... Aaron had them for me when I had when I had COVID. So I wanted to watch something, and I, I mm. had them somewhere, and I don't know where they are. So that terrifies me. Mm. They were $300. Yeah. Were they worth it? They were so were they good, worth it? But I can't find them. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. They're wonderful, wonderful headphones. The best headphones that I have ever had. They actually make fly it having those headphones on, if I'm if I'm in um, a coach, makes all the difference in the world between like a, a just a terrible flight and a like, okay, I can do this. It's it's seriously it makes all all the difference in the mm. world. Now those things in first in first class, you're just First you class to should just be called human class. And coach. <laughs> yeah, coach. Y'all just get it. All that other stuff should just be called, I don't know, like cattle class. You know, everyone feels like that. You're like <laughs> just shoved in there like you're a cow. It's just, it is. yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, I'm going to be flying for the first time over the summer. We're doing a live show out in Houston. When? That'll be fun. I don't know. You'll do Late a live July. show here? If you literally never check your what emails you or your about? text messages. Kate's been, Kate told us. I don't think I was supposed to tell you about it. I thought Kate. No, because Kate like, checked her schedule and stuff. We all talked yeah, about she it. Said, would you guys she said, like would you rather do, do Dallas or Houston? Yeah, and I said, yeah, but I never knew like any of that was confirmed. Is it confirmed? I think it's like July 26th or something. Oh, I shit. Know. Well, I better. Okay. <laughs> Kate, fix this. <laughs> Kate, make me better. Fix our lives, Kate. Fix our lives. I mean, you got to get down here, man. Life is so much better here. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm going to be in and out. So I will be flying in either that morning or the night before, and then out uh, either that night or the or the morning after. Sorry, sorry. Ohio is also. Um, Opening up in early June. June 2nd. Yeah, whatever. You'll get another spike. You'll get a variant. Not us Texans. A lot of... (laughs) Not us Texans. We've got rebel blood. (laughs) You know, the the blood that convinced Eve to eat the apple. Like a rebel. (laughs) 
No, Luke. No. Like the blood about that, that all inspired the time. men to. Yeah, no, the Eve Apple thing. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, I think about that all the time. How the first, how the first revolution, as a person whose like whole um, country and culture and life is built around the idea of revolution, uh, that the first that the f- that the first revolution was Adam and Eve that's, and Satan. Yeah, so that's cool. Satan. Yeah, I mean the rebellious angels. Well, but Adam and Eve we'll are sure like like sure willing to join. Oh what crap! Is 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 that in the Bible or is that in Paradise Lost? What or both? The Satanic rebellion. The, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's snippets in sacred scripture that would... Im- it's a yes or no answer. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, Luke saw me take a deep breath. Well, you see, Jesus says, before I saw Satan fall like lightning, uh, there's a third of the stars that get swept from the sky by the dragon's tail. Like, these are very complicated mythological structures with interlaven nested meaning. And Jordan Peterson... Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, I want to be like you. Please. Please. I have gravitas. <laughs> so yes or no? Uh, I mean, it's part of Catholic tradition. It's not just Paradise Lost. Yeah, no, it's fa- yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, do you want to do a quick thing of take uh, take Luke to the woodshed? Not at all. Uh, would, would you like to buy a Luke? Oh, I would love to buy a Luke. How much are we getting? Number one, did you listen to the careful audio stuff that I put in last week? You didn't. Number one, when we did that, when I admitted that it was in fact a take Gomer to the woodshed, I had a, a wonderful uh, chainsaw sound effect going on. <laughs> I love your sound effects. And then so much. when uh, we did, can you buy a Luke? I had, uh, or what? What is it called again, Luke? What is it? Like it's like, can you like do you want to buy a do you want to buy a Luke? Yeah. I said we could call it, do you want to buy a Luke and a Gomer? Yeah, uh, at the very end, I watched the clip like five times from the movie, and I got the perfect soundbite of the two guys being like, and tell your wife, thank you for the pie. And then Morgan Freeman goes, <laughs> oh, for that's every right. transaction, I did. That was really funny. for every changed hands, there was <laughs> Andy. <laughs> Counting it all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I heard that. I laughed so hard at that. At that. Sorry, I did. Yeah. I did hear that. See, I listen. Aw. Um. So my good friend Erin Merrick. I'm very good friends with uh, her and her, her and her husband Don. She does these awesome. I guess you. Uh, well, I guess they. Hard drawings. Um. She made the one that is the Balthasar um picture that I that I have. Um. That I um have oh, in my right. office yeah, yeah. at work and I. And I bought two more that I'm going to put in my um, in my office now. And um, the one is of Blessed Carl of Austria, and then the other is of um, John Paul II. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's super. It's really a really cool. I'll put a link to her thing in the show notes, or Gomer will. I really like the Blessed Carl one as as well. So just uh, and I she, I I bought this. She didn't even know that I, that I was buying it. Um, it's so. Uh, I think she actually almost sent me a text. And I never got back to her because I'm a terrible friend. But it's the, it, she just does awesome stuff. So I wanted to just give her a, a quick shout out. You okay? Because I can be bought, people. I can be bought. You be sure and thank Maisie for this fine pie. And behind every shady deal, behind every dollar earned, that was Andy keeping the books. I've got a topic, but if you've got if you've got stuff, we no can man, just, I know. want I want I just want to talk about Dre because so many people keep forgetting about Dre. I know. Oh, oh, I had the funniest tweet, and you didn't see because you were you're not on Twitter, right? Because I have a life. Go I, on. I said I'm really excited for very for very young for very young millennials and Gen Zers to finally experience Benefer. What is Benefer? Oh, Brad, uh, ben, ben Affleck and Jennifer. Okay, Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez? Am I, is that, I believe so. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez. Otherwise known as J-Lo. J-Lo. Jenny from the block. I, I don't, I remember that being a huge thing and being very annoyed with it. Just kind of like, what is this? And I remember feeling, like, feeling that Ben Affleck looked very fake and very much like J-Lo was trying to make him look like the most handsome man ever. He's like a good-looking dude, but he's not like the most handsome man ever. He's no Michael you know? Gormley is what you're saying. No, no. Uh, that is Mel Gibson before he went nuts. Um, 
And before, I want to be very clear, before. You mean um, before alcoholism? Yeah. The, and, and, like, this guy's clearly like bipolar. It's just horrible. Horrible. Uh, um, anywho, uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> that got dark. <laughs> I, I never, like, I always was kind of annoyed with um, with um, Ben Affleck. Because I, I kind of remember being like, oh, this this is what American culture is like. This is This is horrible and shallow. Yeah. And I told Aaron that, and she was like, oh, I was obsessed with it. <laughs> of course she was. Doesn't she yeah. follow the Royals too? Uh no. She follows the Kardashians. Oh, that's right. Good lord. The American yeah. Royals. Sorry, Kennedys, it's the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> she likes their work ethic. Yeah. Whatever lies make her comfortable. <laughs> uh they do care about their family, though, and I do like that. And there's this guy on there. His name is, um, oh, shit, what's his name? I can see his face. Stupid face. No, what is it? Oh, my gosh, what is his name? Um, his his Instagram is um, let the Lord be with you because his last name is Lord, L-O-R-D-E or something like that. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. But uh, his whole thing was he was married to one of them, and he's just around all the time still. <laughs> Like I'm just I mean he's like a member he's like another member of the family. Why are you here? I I can't leave. I'm contractually obligated. He's making tons of money just by being you know, and and like he's got kids and stuff, so they're like you know all part of it. But he's and he's around like he hangs out. He was married to so there's I did not realize this till Aaron till Aaron told me about it. There is a Courtney Card Kardashian. I knew there was a Kim and there was a Chloe. I did not know about. Courtney. He was married to Courtney. They had a few kids. And he's around and he he hangs out with like all of them. Like hangs out with the mom, hangs out with Kim, hangs out hangs out with Chloe. He's just like he's just like another member of the family. Like this guy's life is awesome. He just gets paid to hang out. What what is this is incredible. Well, he is my hero. I want to be like his man. I quite literally want to forsake all of you and be like this man. Hey Kim, Kim's butt. How's it going, guys? <laughs> I will literally turn my back on the entire church that I've served for years to be like this man. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, I'm, I'm so you're telling me all I have to do is just crank out a couple kids with one of you. I don't even. I can't even tell the difference. <laughs> and, yeah, literally. And you're telling me I, did not I get know to there live was... twenty-two to twenty-four years old life of go of life of Luke for the rest of my life. Yes. Yes, please. Yes, yes please. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. Aaron who? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you. I can never do that. I'm going to be so screwed in like a couple of weeks when I'm gone for a month. Yeah. No so screwed. Do I have to get oh, a how replacement many... for you when you're in Notre Dame? No, we do need to talk about what we're going to do. I think I, go, I have heard from people who did it. Here we go. What? Old Luffy Duke abandoning his gomer. That's not true. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you send your stuff to the accountant yet? No, it's on Saturday. <laughs> I literally told my wife I'm not going out of the house until everything is done. It's fine. I need, I need to get back to him as well. I told he emailed me. He was like, "Hey, do you want me to file your taxes or do you want to wait?" And I was like, "I need to wait." Yeah, I need to get back to you. We have some breathing um, room. <laughs> someone really needs to just run our lives, like certain parts of our lives. We just need someone to run it. Shannon, Kate, Shannon's like, <laughs> Shannon goes, "Is there anything I can do for?" And I was like. I mean, like, Aaron asked me the same it, thing. Just all yeah. of it. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> just, if you can't see this cry for help now, what are you waiting for? Aaron asked if, like, how she could help with um, catching foxes, um, possibly. And I was like, I'm going to be honest. We have no time to, like, do anything creative. So either you need to do more stuff that I could do less of at home so we can make stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, just, I don't know. It's funny. Perhaps mm-hmm. we should have our wives just, like, run the business side. Oh, God. And become millionaires. Off of them. And then we can just hang out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we, us, you, me, and the guy, and the Kardashian guy. What's his name? Lord. Little Mo. The, no, what is his name? Gosh, I used to make, okay, I need to, I need to Google this. Because I, I, like, when I first started to, I mean, I've never actually watched a whole episode, I don't think. But it's been on the background it's like you know. It's what Aaron has on while she's doing work. Um, it's not Rob. Um, what is it? Scott. It's okay. His name is Scott Disick. That's right, Scott. Why are you calling Scott him Lord? Is a, I don't know. That's what his Twitter handle. Uh, his um, 
Instagram handle. Scott lives an amazing life. Oh crap! Now her and court. Now him and Courtney are barely. I'm um, talking anymore because of she's with Travis Barker from Blink now. Blink one eighty two. Yeah, that is a bummer. I like I like Scott. Oh, Luke. Scott Your is dreams our age. have been shattered by a Scott's chance. net worth is $25 million. Oh. Now, I believe his parents were also insanely wealthy, and they died, and it's sad. I'm not sure what happened exactly. But he literally just hangs out and uh, uh, just like, oh, yeah, he lost both his parents over the course of a year. So... Anyways, uh, he do just, we know this, how they died, Luke? Is it a mystery? Is it going to be in a true crime podcast? Did he kill them for the money is what I'm saying. I don't think so. I don't think he really would have the um, – how do I put this? Uh, it's just that seems like a little bit much for, for, for Scott. <laughs> he's not what you call a planner. He, uh, yeah, he's, he's not a schemer. Just, Scott's just kind of hanging out. You know, he's just, he's just kind of like, I'm doing his thing. And uh, <laughs> he's, you know, he's worth $25 million. He's fine. <laughs> he's good. He's good. Just let him be. Like, there's one whole episode where him and um, Chloe are just coming up with pranks to pull on pull on Chris. Oh. And I'm like, you're so silly. What is, wh- what do you do? And how can I be like you? <laughs> Teach me your ways. Step I one. Literally. Step one. <laughs> kill your parents. <laughs> Step two. Make sure they're rich before you kill them. <laughs> Wade, will you adopt me? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun. Oh, man. Hey, um, Dr. Dre. I didn't forget about you. Can <laughs> I be your son? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. Now looking up to me like you want something free. When my last CD was out, you wasn't bumping me. No? All right. Well, anyways, back to... Back to whoever your neighbor is. Hey, Steven Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> just walked out. I'm sure whatever street he lives on, you just walked out the yeah, street. There's a, yeah, yeah. Don Gormley? Huh, what are Barker. you doing here at Steven <laughs> Tyler's Gormley. house? Don Gormley, just, your dad's just hanging out, having a cigarette, just being cool. Uh, I needed a Michelob Ultra. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do now. Your dad's yeah, he's just a fun guy to uh, talk with. He is. He's a good man. My parents are good people. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, Do you have topics? I've got topics. No, man. I'm excited for your topics. I have decided that no one wants to hear me talk about atonement theology, even though it's the most popular topic. No one wants. Oh, I do have one (laughs) bit of follow-up. Sorry. Oh, mm. John and Dan, two fans of the show out in Cali. Or Dan and John. Dan and John. John and Dan. Sent... Uh, uh, a beautiful handwritten card to me and Shannon in condolences for the loss of hope. Oh, that's wonderful. They sent a bunch of St. Catherine holy cards, St. Catherine of Sweden, holy cards with beautiful stuff. My wife took it out of my hands and didn't let me have it back. And they sent um, cash money to so that me and Shannon can go out on a date together. Um, that's what Dan and John, you, that is wonderful guys, guys. I mean, and Shannon just looked at me and she goes, you have the best fans. We really do. We really, we do. really truly do. We really do. We truly do. So suck it. Catholic stuff. You should know. <laughs> <laughs> Funny story. You should say that I had a, a, a former or a St. Anthony alum who's out at, out in Denver at the Colorado school of mines. And they met, yeah. it was like a meet the pastor. I read it at like eight in the morning this morning. So I, a little hazy on the details, but he's like, Gomer. This guy, Father Nathan Goebbels, knows you guys. And, like, all the men there in Colorado were bragging on how much they love catching foxes and how important it is in their (laughs) lives. And he's like, do you know Gomer? And he's like, yeah, I know Gomer. How funny is that? They're they're great guys. They are. So I told them to listen to our ad where you you say, chasing fox is my ass. (laughs) Yeah, they called us. They had like the, they said the nicest thing about us in the beginning of like, but he he got our name wrong. I was like, hmm, I'm never going to forget this. (laughs) Well, going to carry this on my shoulder for a couple months. <laughs> if you if, if our podcast has taught has really taught anyone has taught anyone anything, I will literally hold on hold on to a grudge for three decades. <laughs> All right, so that's my only follow up. What is our topic for today? Thirty minutes in. So, 
All right, I, that was a very good warm up. I thought that was a good warm up. Yeah, I feel you think good. That was a good warm up. I feel yeah, good. I feel good about. It. I was feeling a little bit of um, pressure to try to to try to come up with something, and I was like, no, no, no. Trust the editing on process. You just got to get warmed up. Just got to get warmed it's up. Fine. You, you got to change gears from Luke the, Luke the fundraiser to Luke the podcast host, and we all know who's more fun than when he when when he drinks. <laughs> the fundraiser. Yeah, I know it's true. I don't drink at all anymore. My life is terrible. Um, oh, I've just been so, drinking Truly's hard lemonade. Ah, uh, you are absolutely. I, I just, I want you to understand. I'm probably not going to be able to drink a lot for the next three years, and I have to watch you drink terrible stuff. Why can't you? What, what's the three year period? Is it just because of Notre well, Dame? No, yeah, just because I'm like, listen, guys, I'm so busy. I can never drink for I, not even a well, moment. Nary and a I moment. Have a young. T- I'm listen. I got big important things to do in my Catholic university. Oh, true. touchdown, Jesus! True. I got to go to the stats for the library. When I went to Notre Dame, the second thing I did there, I went into the library and I just touched all the books. I just, <laughs> I just walked around and I did this with my arms. My arms were out, and I touched all the books. And no one was on the third floor, so I just stayed there for like three hours. I was a chaperone. Teens were there, and I was like, <laughs> "I was responsible." I was like, "You find your way around, you freaking nerds." <laughs> <laughs> Leave me be. I need to read about my atonement, <laughs> Orthodox atonement. When do you stop? <laughs> Apparently, at Protestantism, that's where. That's where. <laughs> I had a guy because I've been talking about it nonstop on every knee shall bow. Literally in the middle of recording, he's like, "Hey, I'm a Syrian Orthodox Christian, and I love every knee shall bow, and all this atonement theology is so fun." You know, it was awesome. Just made my heart go bitter bad. Oh, are there any one who's have cool stuff with cool beards and outfits who like us, or is it all on every knee shall bow? Every knee shall bow. Why do you ask? That's fair. Nah, just, I don't know. All right, Luke. I just like their outfits. What's the, <laughs> they have become all beard. Um, Wait, real quick. Is the Notre Dame is the Notre Dame library cool? Yes. Like, does it look cool it's, inside? It's, it, uh, no, 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 no. No. It's like one of the 70s buildings, you know, with touchdown. Oh, it's the 70s. Yeah. So, you know, touchdown Jesus? Right? Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. library. So, if you see that I, picture, I you're like. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I think there's a separate uh, library that, I, like, my the my uh, college oh, yes, yeah, has. Yeah, the Mendoza School of Business that I will be attending. I have to wear, like, nice clothes every day to be in business casual. Really? Yeah. It's like, it's legit You're going to be serious. like that one guy at Franciscan that, wore, that took a briefcase to class? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Apparently oh, that guy's gosh. a nice guy, but I don't care. I made fun of him. He's, he's nice. He makes a lot of money. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> he's confident in himself. <laughs> he knew what it took to get ahead and succeed in life. Whatever. Yeah. He, he uh, had a plan and didn't feel feel the need to be constantly on the scene. And it was very uncomfortable with who God made him to be. Yeah. Okay. Neat. <laughs> yeah. That sounds very boring, sir. Yeah. He apparently was not obsessing over everyone's opinion of him 24-7. <laughs> Golly. He couldn't. He was able to let go of the idea of needing to tell everyone about your struggle with your vocation. <laughs> and you didn't know if you were going to come back next year or go to the seminary or not. But now you're going to date this poor girl and make out with her 20 feet behind everyone while we're walking up the hill. <laughs> So somehow, Luke, <laughs> from making general comments, you decided to twist the knife an old freshman gomer. The old freshman gomer. I mean, it was like freshman to mid-sophomore gomer. No, it wasn't. You No, no, no. I mean, in terms of you were like, I don't know if I'm coming back next year. Oh, yeah. No, that was. Uh, but I only made yeah. out with that girl that first semester freshman year. <laughs> Then for some reason, none of the other girls in that same dorm wanted to kiss me. <laughs> I thought I demonstrated my, my vigor, the rigor and vigor. I, remember, I was just turning around and being like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> it was aggressive and it was beautiful. It was aggressive and it was beautiful. It was and how so dare weak. you? How dare you mock it? It was sensual. It was beautiful. It was mythic. It was incredibly intimidating for me. I didn't know what to do. I was homeschooled. I've never even held hands with a girl, let alone kissed her. <laughs> let alone made out in public. <laughs> in front of every... He just turned around and was like, are they just... 
What are they doing? <laughs> okay, okay. Like in can, my defense, in my you defense. You can play the Jurassic Park music in the background and somehow makes sense. <laughs> Welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> Camera like pans around. <laughs> life, uh, life, life found a way, huh? <laughs> it sure did, Luke. It sure did. The Matrix has ended. It's a new BetterHelp read from your friend, Luke. Uh, so you guys have heard us talk about um, BetterHelp before at length, and we're going to talk about Better, that's H-E-L-P, again. Listen, BetterHelp can help you get hooked up with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start um, communicating with one in less than like 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional online counseling done uh, securely online. You, you've heard it talked about on our show. You've heard it talked about like a whole bunch of podcasts look guys god wants you to find i'm a healing god and wants you to be the person he created he created you to be and if you're over the age of 25 and you haven't been to counseling now is the time better help is committed to um facilitating great therapeutic um, matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed it is more of affordable than traditional offline counseling and this is cool financial aid is available so um, better help wants you to start i'm living a um, happier life today go to their website read all all of the testimonies that are on there posted daily and guess what guys guess what Go to BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. That's BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in, in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Catching Foxes. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. So if you go to Better H-E-L-P, you will get 10% off your first month. That is fantastic. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring yet another episode of everyone's favorite podcast, Catching Foxes. Take that Catholic stuff you should know. Chasing foxes, my ass. Um, oh, 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 really quick. Okay, before we get on topic, I want to say one thing. Uh, going to a wedding on, um, on Saturday and it's pretty much a catching foxes made made them do it wedding. This Not Saturday? quite, but pretty much. Yep. Emily Conklin and I always forget Alex's last 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 name. They are they're two awesome people. Alex has the coolest mustache I have ever seen. They're getting married on Saturday, and we're all very excited. So it'll be Everly's. Um, uh, it'll be her, her her second wedding, but her first wedding reception. That's awesome. And we're gonna hand her over to uh, hand her over to almost Sarah Rogers and say, "Have fun." I'm drinking. <laughs> so I just assume that all of the 24 year olds will just girls will just take care of her. Emily and Alex met on Catholic Match in May of 2019. Mm-hmm. They're sh- tying the knot just shy of their two week first date anniversary. And their first date, all they did was just t- talk about us. Oh yeah, you've mentioned them. Oh man, I can't zoom yeah. in on their faces. I don't know what they look like. You, I think she was at the live show, so you would have. Oh uh, no, did I know who you're talking about. Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, she's 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 awesome. Hey, she's, let me just uh, say this. Let me say this. I'm looking at a picture people. right now. I see them both, and I have to tell you something. Catholic match. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and again, they get something right. I think they're a sponsor this week. Like, well, that's done. really one of those things where it's like you should probably um, use them on your ads. Yes, it, it, isn't his mustache awesome? It is incredible, and he's got it's very well defined pecs. They they they're nice pecs. <laughs> he's he's a, he's a really nice nice guy. He's really cool. He's like uber smart. Nice, and she's smart. They're 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 just great. I mean, it was one of the first people that I really um, mentored through her role in ministry. I don't know if she would say that I was a mentor, but like that I felt she would more say like, stalker. But yeah, go on. <laughs> she, <laughs> I was, and uh, it was just cool to see her just kind of like growing um, her role and stuff. Yeah, he doesn't look so cool. Yeah, he look does. at that. He looks very cool. He does. I just sent so Luke cool. a picture okay. from the registry. Um, I was actually very. Proud of myself. This is probably the first time I may have ever done this. Besides, we did a anytime we did a group gift in college, I bought their gift beforehand. 
Nice. Look at you. Or just bought a gift. I know. Take that, ADHD. (laughs) So many people never got a gift from me. So many people. Yeah, no kidding. You, Fazzy. That's okay. We understood. I think we all pitched in for an Xbox for John. Yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, What are we talking about? No, you so anyways, 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 congrats, Alex, like Alex and Emily, I guys, it is it is unworth it to, uh, to try to find love. Yep, it's awesome. Yep, I'll live your vocation, make the sacrifices. Life is good. All right. Um, okay, I'm gonna be really honest as we as we tend to do here. Yep. Um, my spiritual um, life, I hate to put it that way because it implies that it's kind of like a separate thing. But my prayer life and my kind of just, especially ever since COVID, nosedive would be the wrong word, but like kind of almost like a sudden halt that turned into a weird, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it got to a point where like I pretty much, when I was starting at Layman or the tail end of my time at Glen Mary, wasn't really doing anything. Um, and I was doing, I, I was doing okay. Like I was really, um, you know, I was praying rosaries for people while I was on the traveling. I was trying to go to daily mass while I was on the road. Like, you know, I was, there were, <clears throat> there were ups and downs, but, um, it just, for me, for whatever reason, COVID just like, and I think also Aaron had a pretty rough, um, rough pregnancy so like it was just kind of always on edge and just it was just a lot of stuff going on and like you know with covid life just being horrible i felt like i was never able to quite get a routine down and that was really i'm um, really difficult and so i and i never and i haven't really i'm not on the other side of that yet i i think and there's been a lot of challenges with now having to prepare for grad school. I'm, yeah. you know, having to study almost every night. I'm driving an hour and a half every day. We have a newborn, um, and so what tends to go is my prayer life. And first, because I, I, for me, I'm at my best when I can do it for the most part in the in the morning, and um, that's always the hardest part. And so I've been working with Erin to try to find some things that like she could do for me. In the morning, the kind of help is because it's like, here are all the things that I've got to do. I, how do I do all this stuff and pray and try to work out and try to, you know, because I yeah. have to like work out for health, for health reasons and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I went, so my school has a awesome chapel. So I went in there and I just prayed for a bit and I was like, God, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just, I, like, I feel like my... I honestly feel like this has been a challenge. And I, I, I hate to turn this into like Luke deals with his ADHD. Yeah. But there is this thing in there that I'm like, this feels like it's harder than it should be. Like there's something here that is off. And I was praying about it. And I really was just kind of overwhelmed with God just uh, telling me like, yeah, this is tough. This is actually pretty tough. Like you're not wrong. And then I was just re- – and this is how I kind of knew it was a God thing because this this has happened to me before where it's just – you know when like you're praying and you have these thoughts that could or could not be God, but you're like allowing the Lord to kind of say, hey, I'm going to trust that anything that draws me, I'm closer to you, is you. Then you kind of have this moment where like that thought was not my thought. Yeah. Or that, you know. Yeah. And so that's going on. And, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, like, I, I'm like, I'm not sure if it's God or if it's myself just like I'm reassuring or if it's my subconscious or what. But I'm just kind of like allowing God to just be God and just like me be me, you know, and and putting it, putting it all out there. And then all of a sudden, so, you know, so I was kind of like, again, I was just um, hearing God say, or I, th- or I thought could have been God, say, yeah, this is a lot. This is, this is a lot. Like, understand that, that like your attitude towards the prayer, like might have to change. This is kind of a lot. And then all of a sudden, I just this is where like the God part was made a, a abundantly clear. He goes, "But try," <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Luke, it's really what? hard, but let's, let's do some stuff. Let's do some stuff." But yeah, it was, and and for me, it was so convicting, but yeah. also reassuring. Yeah, oh, I was just yeah. like. Like right now, I am in the thick of you know a pandemic. Sometimes I debate whether it's actually a pandemic, but that's it. that's neither here nor there. But anyways, there, so there's a lot going on. 
the U.S. Men's National Team hasn't played a game that like matters, and they really won't until early early um, uh, September. Uh, we have a, we have like a new kid. I, ha- I have a brand new job. I have a I have a lo- I have a longer co- I have a longer commute. I'm starting a major and intense grad school yeah. program. Like this is tough. This is really tough. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I know I'm supposed to pray more, but like when? Like, please, someone tell me when, because I would love to find that extra half hour. You know, I'm terrified that the quality of the podcast is going to drop because I feel like I'm bringing like scraps to it as opposed to where it was just like this kind of like abundance. Now I'm like, hey, here's what I got. I'm so tired. I have stories about me trying to learn math again. That's fun. Um, actually, do have some fun stories about that. But <laughs> it was bottom really of the barrel, folks. Bottom of the barrel. Yeah, totally. I was like Khan Academy, basic algebra. Holy shit. Forgot about this. Um, yeah, no kidding. It. It was really, it was truly assuring. Like just hearing the Lord tell me, like, yeah, this is really tough, but try. And I, I don't know. I just found a lot of comfort in that, and a lot of um, like real consolation that I haven't had in a in a while, in a really, really long, like long while. And I think before, when I was at the archdiocese and all, and all, and a lot of stuff, my prayer life was very easy. Um, relatively speaking, there were um, challenges um, with it, obviously, about your prayers always about work and, you know, or, always, or you're trying to pray at work about work, then it's about like your life stuff. And, you know, so there's, it's not, but it, this is like the first time in my life where I have genuinely felt um, almost actually too busy. Like there cannot, I cannot take an, so I had to back off a of parish council. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I've stopped. This is why I've stopped. I'm um, drinking just because I I just don't um, uh, like. When am I going to drink? Like right before I go to bed? That's weird. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, alone. Like, okay. You know? Yeah, I would love to. You know? So I had a drink on like on um, Sunday night while Aaron and I watched watched uh, watched uh, watched Mad Men, and that was actually fantastic. Um, but uh, I don't really miss drinking. I don't miss. I do miss drinking. That is a lie. Um, so anyways, I, I, I'm just kind of, I'm blabbing here, but I, I found a lot of conviction and a lot of um, consolation in that. I'd just be curious to get your thoughts on that. Whenever I feel like there is no time to pray, and, you know, I mean, we're all like, as human beings, right, what pulls our attention away is the thing that's most immediate. You know, the thing on fire, the screaming kid, the upset wife, the dinner that needs to be made, the phone calls that need to be answered. But we also know as Catholics that sometimes the most important thing is the silence. And so the the only thing I can say to you in response to I have no time is, one, you have to stop thinking about quantity as... You have to get quantity yeah. 100% out of the estimation, uh, daily quantity, weekly quantity. I think you got to get rid of that. And I think what you need to do is focus instead on consistency. That's the first thing mm-hmm. is, okay, where are the rhythms of prayer that I can develop that will connect me with my my God, my wife, my kid, my ministry, right? Like, so for instance... Um, and this was the kind of like the second component of it where if you feel completely separated from a prayer life, like, like, oh my God, it's been three weeks since I prayed. I, I mean, and this is advice. Some of the listeners who are hearing this know that I've given them this advice. If you do nothing, then the first thing you need to do is three times a day, pray the hour father. The moment you wake up, right before you go to bed, and sometime in the middle of the day with an alarm that goes off, right? And what that does is it just builds remembrance and recalling so that you can start developing the habit of realizing you already are in God's presence, right? It's practicing the presence of God. You're already there. Like every day, right now, we are in the presence of the almighty God that created and sustains the universe. And we forget it because we're like a blind man in the presence of the king. We don't see him, 
so we don't think we're there, but he's always there, right? And so um, for me, one of the things that I, or not, not really for me, using Liturgy of the Hours to punctuate my day, you know what I do, Luke? I fire up that app um, that always tells me to donate to the Holy Land. Uh, Breviary, whatever. Or the, yeah, no, it's not that, but I don't <laughs> Yeah. Care. And I love the app. I love the app. I mean, it needs a lot of formatting work, but whatevs. Uh, it gets me what I need. I will. iOS 3 was 10 years ago, everyone. <laughs> Come on, people. But I'll fire it up and I'll start to pray it. And then I'll be like, okay, I don't real. I'll skip this. I'll skip this. I'll skip this. And a lot of the psalms that I pray are the the standard psalms. I'll skip the song most of the time. When I'm with my kids, I read the song because they like the rhyming, you know, of the, you know, this song was written 400 years ago, you know, and I'll, I'll read it. But um, just hitting, just saying, like, I'm not going to compromise on the three-hour fathers, and then maybe, like, you have a long commute. So, and I know you do this already. Like, you think about spiritual things. You pray the rosary, whatever it might be. Just say, like, okay, I'm not going to pray the rosary for an hour and a half. But I will, the moment, the first moment I get in my car, I won't turn on a podcast. I won't turn on music. I will just say a decade of the rosary. Right? And what you find is the prayer just, it's like water in a, in a glass full of ice. It just fills in all the spaces and you, you'll be shocked to realize, oh, there's already tons of space here, right? And you got to let that flow because what we do is think- we set pre-scripted things. I got to do more. I got to do this. I got to do what I used to do. There's no rule in the spiritual life that says you have to do what you used to do and then add more in order to go deeper. Like for me, my morning prayer time used to be 20 to 30 minutes of more or less like meditative prayer. My, my uh, sense, I mean, sense hope, I can't do mental prayer. Like I just get sad. And so what do I do? I take a book of a, a book, a letter of Paul and I just read it and I read it. And I read it. I take two chapters of a gospel and I just read it and read it and read it. And I don't have any other plans other than God, this is your word. I'm just going to stay here. I don't have my, this is a great thing about being depressed, but Catholic. Uh, and it was an Episcopalian <laughs> that brought this up. This Episcopalian dude in, um, what was his name? Chap, not Chap Clark. Um, I can't remember his name, but he wrote the book. Oh crap. Youth culture One Hundred and One, And he said, Oh yeah. Yeah, and I love that book. And he had a like a website, it was like the Parent Youth Something Center, um, Center for Parent Youth Understanding. And he had this article on depression and liturgy. And I was like, what the heck is this? Because it was in my ignorant time when I didn't know Protestants had a liturgy. And he said, for those of us who come from a liturgical denomination, Catholic, Orthodox, Anglican, Episcopalian, you know, and he re- referenced a handful, and he was Episcopalian, he would say, Here's this fascinating article from, like, Scientific American. And it was on, like, if you're a believer and you struggle with depression, you're in a better place than non-believers because you have, like, a metaphysical grounding of hope. He said, but then if you're in a religious tradition that has ritual and liturgical prayer, you're in a better position because people who are depressed have no energy to be creative. So what do they have? They have 2,000 years of uninterrupted Christian tradition of men and women who have prayed before them holy prayers. And it's like, oh, my God, just reading this quote from Augustine's Confessions, you know, late have I loved thee, O beauty, ever ancient and ever new. Like, just reading that, it's enough, right? Reading the gospel for the day, the psalm for the day, it's enough. And don't make it more than that. Yeah, I like that. I think that, that, that that's a really good point. I um. It's been kind of tough too because you know, like my car before when I was working at Glenmary was was my I had a very good routine down where I, you know, would be silent in my car until I got on to six seventy five, which was about like a ten minute or so uh, drive. And then I would pray a decade. Uh, I would pray a decade of the Rosary af- after that. And it would quite typically, it would you know if especially if there was a big thing, it would become like a whole like a whole Rosary. But what's been kind of tough with this one, and this is not me me trying to make an excuse, just just providing a bit of context, is that like I don't know this commute that well yet. You, yeah. you know, so it's a little bit longer. I'm hitting heavier traffic earlier, um, and then less traffic 
it's kind of weird because in my yeah. old job, I would hit more traffic towards the end. Now it's kind of the inverse of that. I'm having to drive through downtown. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry, on, 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 on the east side of Dayton for, for a bit. And so it's, it's a little bit more challenging and it's like a little bit longer and it's a little bit, you know, so it's, and, and so it's, 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 it has challenged me to go, okay, I need to think about this a little bit differently. Perhaps there's a different point where I'm just be okay with the silence for a bit. I typically like a little bit of silence at the beginning and the end of my drive in, in to work. Yeah. Just puts me in the right headspace. And so I, I really like that idea of like, okay, I need to find these rhythms of prayer or something. And, uh, so that's cause I, cause I, I really just want to, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's very easy to um, or to preach say like one time if you are, are if you are mature in your faith about a half hour a day is a very reasonable expectation. I'm in a point right now where I'm like I just don't know if that's possible. I think I can split it up. There might be cert- there are certain days where I think that is possible on Saturday morning, um, on Sunday mornings, which I might need to look into because to be honest, always like do you pray on Sundays? Yeah, yeah. That's always the hardest day for me to pray i don't know which is but i it's weird because it's also a day that i'm also like able to enter into like the lord's day yeah very easily for me but sundays in terms like my own personal prayer always the hardest day yeah okay i can understand that i can totally understand that because you know for me it's a work day um but also for me it's too easy to be a um it's too easy to be an indulgent day because I go to evening mass because that's the life team mass, you know, and I'm now in charge of youth ministry, whoopsie. Um so my fan like we wake up and it's a Saturday until about five o'clock, until about four o'clock. Then, you know, we hurry up, we have dinner, and then we're done with dinner at five, and then the kids go upstairs to get ready, and at five thirty we're in the van heading to mass. Um, and then we go to mass and we come home. Thomas is already asleep. <laughs> Carrie is lifeless body up the stairs, you know, whatever it is by, you know, 745-ish, get home. So it, it, it can definitely have that. But um, also think about it this way in terms of it's not just the daily or the weekly, but there are rhythms in your month, too, that you can do something more, something different. Um, and when was the last time you went on a retreat? Like we, that's a good point. Like this is the thing I was talking with some of, um, my coworkers, like we've been, here's the thing that I don't think people who don't do parish ministry realize COVID ruined every plan that was more than five weeks long. Like, okay, well, so hopefully by, you know, we, I mean, how many times did we say stories? Like, I think we might be back in April. You know, back in March, right, of 2020. Like, maybe by the end of the year, we'll have summer trips and programs. We'll launch in the fall. And you keep coming up with these plans. You spend, you know, you get this whirlwind of energy. You start planning stuff. And you're like, oh, no, the count is still rising. The death tolls, the hospitalizations. And you're like, oh. So it was like every five weeks we were overhauling everything. Until January, I just sent out an email to the parents. And I'm like, hey, if you have freshmen and they want to come, let them come in person. Everything else, I'll just record my talk, and that'll be posted online, and they can watch it later. But, like, I got to do something. Like, I just changed everything all the time, always. And it freaking burns you out. It freaking burns you out. And so I'm like, when, when was the last time we reposed? When was the last time we were just, we just went on retreat that we didn't lead, that I'm not in charge of, that I can just receive? Yeah, I had one scheduled in May. It's going to be an awesome one with these beautiful um, – they are Byzantine nuns up uh, in the Cleveland-ish area, I think, or something like that. Okay. And it's it's awesome. It was it was going to be – I was so excited about it. And then – boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I do think I can probably – I think um, I'm really – I mean, what I'm – when I'm at Notre Dame, I'm not going to have a ton of time just because it's so crazy. But um, I am going to, like, be – I'm going to try to build some stuff into my day there. Yeah. Just to kind of, like – because it is going to be kind of like a retreat from the world, you know, in yeah. a sense where I just, like, I'll be completely unavailable for a month. And so um, there now I, school is my main priority there besides, like, 
you know, my family and all that stuff. But even that, like, Aaron's like, yeah, we're just, you know, I'm going to try to come home for, like, basically a, a 24-hour time period. That's that's the only real totally free I've, I have. I'm a nothing expected of me. Yeah. I end my finals at, like, 5 o'clock on a Saturday. I have that night, all of Sunday, and then start my new classes on Monday. Yeah. And then it's just repeat. So I'm going to try to find – I would like to, you know, obviously be go, I'll be going to Mass on campus. I'm going to go Mass at the Basilica there and stuff. So I kind of wish I was staying in the dorms. I Apparently I, – I thought it was, like, not encouraged or not done a lot. But, like, half the people who do it, they, they stay in the dorms. Yeah. And I wish I was doing that, to be honest with you, just to be able to be on campus and have, like – I'm sure they have, like, a chapel in every dorm and all that stuff just kind of accessible. It would be nice. Yeah. It's fine. I might do it if we'll, we'll see how I I tend to study best when I'm just I need to be very quiet. That's why I don't, I don't know if uh, you remember this or not, but I used to study all the time over. Uh, I mean, all the times very relative, but when I did uh, over at uh, the JP two library, yeah, no, I would I never study like in my room. Yeah, I, I'm all over the place with that. I, I prefer a library though. Well, man, you gotta you gotta come up with your rhythms, bro. Because here's the deal: wouldn't it suck if you went to hell for all eternity, and the answer was the rhythm method? The rhythm method. You had no rhythm of prayer. No, it was well, God, I got really busy that I forgot you. Right? Like I think about that all the time. Like not as a Catholic guilt trip, although it works. Um, but yeah. like. But like, Sometimes I'm like, maybe we need a little bit of Catholic guilt. Maybe just a little bit. Yeah, that's that's really what God was saying to you. But really, it's like, okay, um, what I need is to realize, like, I need to put things in a divine perspective. Like, eternity is really, 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 really long. It's really long. And yikes. This life is not, but... If you seek first the kingdom of heaven and all shall be added, God isn't saying, well, Luke, if you give yourself to me in prayer, I'm going to require you to be a monk and you're going to disregard your wife and kids. And so it, it is a challenge. We all have to find that. But I think sometimes we put bizarre burdens on ourselves as lay people. Like part of our vocation is finding the holy in the ordinary. Right. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. I'll never forget, honestly, like, I don't know how you feel about this, but one of the biggest spiritual growth moments of my life, I'm sweating profusely. I'm in the middle of mass. I'm trying to get my, my two girls. They were really young. We, Shannon probably wasn't even pregnant with Noah at the time. And I'm trying to just wrestle them. And I remember being so damn exhausted. And I just thought, what the hell is happening? Like, I can't even pay attention to the Mass. And it was this suddenly clear moment where it was, Gormley, being a parent is part of your worship. Being a parent, like, the, the wrestling and not being able to pay attention 100% like I could if I were a single, ready-to-mingle guy sitting off, you know, in a pew by himself. Like, yeah, you can pay attention to what's happening, but that doesn't mean the angels and the saints and, the, you know, the incarnate God, the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world, as if none of that stuff is happening. It's still happening. And God knows that you're in the middle of the struggle. So it's like, okay, great. It's still happening. This is my sanctification. This is, if we call it a vocation, this is my vocation. Mm -hmm. Right? So don't be afraid. That's that's actually, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's the thing about Catholicism that I really, really like is that the mass is, and it's, it's, it's not that this doesn't happen at, at Protestant churches, but I can, it's going to sound weird. Part of my partaking in it is just by being there. Yeah. You know, now of course it's good to like join into, you know, all that stuff and to, but like. Part of the thing is like here's this thing that's kind of happening both out outside of me, but I'm also a part of it. I'm part of it by the nature of my baptism, and I'm here and I'm in it. But it's I I my what I get out of this isn't necessarily dependent upon what I put in into it. Yeah. Now, now, I mean, there's the thing of like, if I'm just like, well, you know, if I'm being a, uh, if I'm being, if I'm being a douchebag, yeah, like, that chances are pretty strong that you're being a douchebag. 
<laughs> yeah, but like you know, but like if if you have these burdens, it's like like it's mass is a thing that we in a weird way almost like this is probably wrong. So feel free to feel free to tell me I'm wrong. Yay! But we can be very receptive to what's going on as opposed to this thing that I have to participate in. Yeah. Where if it's like if I'm going to a product if I'm going to a um, Protestant church. I can like you know be in a bad spot where I miss, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure this is probably I I'm talking about like more like what's actually going on. And I'm yeah. sure there can be things where if like if I'm there I'm, I'm having a bad day, just being there is helpful. Just hearing all this stuff is probably like I'm lifting my spirit, seeing God God work in people's lives. I'm not talking sure that God isn't doing anything. I'm, I'm I'm just saying the actual act in and of itself of what is going on. There is this thing that I am a part of that I can be like receptive to like what is going on at mass. There's a, there's actually a thing that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to at a Protestant on the at a Protestant thing where there's like a talk and some like worship and I can uh, kind of like zone out and not there's been no change. Mm-hmm. And even at mass if I'm not able to fully participate the way that I want to because of kids because of like mental state or like things that are going on, it's there's still a thing being done to me by the sheer act of being there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there's there's kind of a difference between those those two those two things, and I find that receptive attitude towards the mass and what's going on to be very very helpful. You know, is that I, heretical? Am I horrible? No. When I was preparing the teens. For their confirmation. It's crazy how we had to do it. You know, you can only have 50 kids in the mass if their family's coming. And we have a youth group of almost 300 sophomores that are getting confirmed. So we had to break them up into multiple masses. So this year alone, from last year's confirmation class that got interrupted and this year's class that just finished, we had 12 or 13 confirmation masses. Where in a typical school year, we'll only have one or maybe two. And it's just insane amount of work that went into and executing and, and all this stuff. But my role in it was 40 to 20 minutes before mass, I was to get up and walk them through the rite of confirmation and give them words of encouragement and all this stuff. And I said, here's the deal, everyone. All I want you to think of the, for this entire time is one word. The moment your brain starts going off and you start worrying about what you, how you look or your hair or if you're going to say the right thing, realize you are doing nothing or almost nothing. Even with your full conscious and active participation, it's not like you're earning the sacrament. You prepared, you're disposed, great. But there's only one word you need to repeat to yourself to keep you in the right frame of mind, and that word is receive. You need to be receptive. All you have to do is be receptive, not passive. You're open. You want whatever the Lord wants to give you in this moment. So we need to stop all of this. Like the full conscious and active participation of the church is so fascinating because like people were doing things that had nothing to do with the liturgy during the liturgy. It's not about parents trying to, you know, get their kids in order and, you know, a busy, stressed man trying to give God a few of his spare, you know, thoughts and mental energy, you know, for the week. It, you know, it's, but so many people have reduced it to, are you singing? Are, do we have enough lay lectors and ushers and stuff? And it's like, that's not what full conscious and active participation in any way, shape or form means. It's a helpful thing, but that's not what it means. And so. So often in the the post-Vatican II church, so often what we emphasize is doing something. And it's like, what yeah. if the doing is receiving? Not passive, not I'm just here, give me my Jesus and I'm out. No, but like, I'm here to receive. I'm here to receive the collect. I'm here to receive the liturgy. I'm here to receive the psalm. I'm here to receive the, you know, the per- person who keeps wiping his nose next to me, you know, like, the community aspect, all of it rolls into the holy sacrifice offered on the altar. And mm. I get to receive communion. Like, how cool, like, how amazing is that? So, we, we put, this is the enlightenment bastard child where everything is do, do, do. It's pragmatism over, um, over discipleship, I think. Yeah. I would say being, but I see what you're saying. Well, my only, my only fear of saying being is 
I know, I know what you mean. Is because I don't well, want, like, because people could be like, just be, dude, and mean, like, I'm passive. Yeah, that's not. Things that's are that, not yeah, being yeah. done to you without your permission. That's the difference between passivity and receptivity. Like, you are all in as a receiver. Just ask a little kid who's getting his favorite Christmas present. That's receptivity, right? Ask a, a, a wife on her honeymoon night, right? That's receptivity, right? She's all in, but she's receptive, right? The child is all in. But they're receptive. They're waiting on the gift to be given, and you know that that's different than just than a passivity, which is well, it's gonna, it's like a a, a dead thing, a driftwood in the ocean. That's passive, right? It it, it has movement, but it's only because or it's being like, moved. I am me, and we are we, we are all together. I don't feel a thing. <laughs> Anywho, that's all I got. That's all I got. No, I really appreciate that. I think that was that was very good. That was very very good. All right. Well, we've been. I'm catching foxes. Thank you for listening. Have a great life. Sorry that we weren't as good as we could have been. <laughs> also, remember right now on the stpaulcenter.com, you can stream free talks in the Eucharist by Dr. Scott Hahn. Quiet, nerd boy. <laughs> um, thank you to our sponsors for this week. You guys are great. Uh, thank you. Oh, a uh, big thank you to all of our um, Patreon supporters who voted on which. Uh, I'm I'm not going to tell you one yet because it's going to be very very it's going to be pretty pretty cool. So you're all going to hear about it pretty soon. But all of our all of our um, Patreon folks, they were the ones who who uh, they chose it. Let's, uh, why don't we just put it that way? And so I'm very excited for all this stuff to uh, finally happen. It's going to be very very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gangsters, who you think helped mold them all? Now you wanna run around talking about guns like I ain't got none. What you think I sold them all? Cause I stay well off. Now all I get is hate mail all day saying Dre fell off. What? Cause I've been in the lab with a pin in the pad trying to get this damn